Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. Excited to be with you as always. And I've got a great guest today. And I got to tell you, and I've, I've said this before on the podcast, if you reach out to me, don't be surprised if you end up on this podcast. And so my next guest is certainly no exception. He is Chef Russell Ingram from Dots Nashville Hot Chicken. And I got to say this, I've been here since 2014. and I love chicken. I don't eat red meat or pork. So a lot of people know that about me, but I, I love chi- I absolutely love chicken. And I was ashamed to say I had never been to Dot's Hot Chicken. I seen the black food truck sitting there at the yacht club right at the corner of Trenton in college, but I had never gone there. And I was telling Russell that I've gone to Chow's, which is another food truck there that's got really good uh, Asian food. And so, and um, Bartleby's Saitan was in that uh, in that um, food truck park. And so there were a lot of others. But t- 
Today, we are going to go all in on hot chicken, and we're going to go all in on the vision that Chef Russell Ingram has for how to grow a sustainable restaurant, if you will. And the thing that really set him apart when we connected was that he sent me a press release. And, you know, the press release was titled Southern Fried and Sustainable Dots Nashville Hot Chicken Leads the Way on Locally Sourced Zero Waste Dining. And when I saw that, you know, I'm I'm big on zero waste and, you know, recycling and all that good stuff. I'm I'm uh, on the board at Bozark Natural Foods. So you know, that's a very sustainable co-op. It's the largest co-op in the state of Arkansas. And so they're really big on sustainability and, you know, having as small of a, a waste footprint as possible. And so when I saw this, I said, you know, I need to find out more about it. And so I reached out and Russell was kind enough to invite me to the food truck. And I got to say, the chicken is hot, but it's good. And it's not that kind of hot that's just, I don't know, it's not like it's it's flavorful hot, if that makes any sense. Now, the hottest hot that he offers, my wife could only eat a little bit of the chicken, but I was able to eat it all and uh, I enjoyed it. So without further ado, I want to welcome Chef Russell Ingram to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast to talk about Dot's Nashville Hot Chicken and his vision for a zero waste dining experience. Chef Russell, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Man, I would love for you just to kind of quickly share with our audience, because they always, I do this every time, I'd love to get your superhero origin story. You can give us the short, you can take us back to birth if you want, but you can start (laughs) in high school, wherever you want to start, but just tell the audience a little bit about who Chef Russell Ingram is. Uh, I guess the short of it is uh, I spent most of my years in retail and just absolutely hated it, loved cooking at home, Uh, so it wasn't until I was 30 and I got into a professional kitchen and I got in at Gaylord Opryland. Okay. I got into one of the best restaurants in there, zero experience, but that team there was phenomenal at every level. And it was within probably a year, I could run every single station and I was one of two people that the chefs always came to for additional help or creative help. And I would mostly am self-taught by buying Michelin star cookbooks and then just training myself kind of jumped up a little bit of a level for me. Right. Um, But I would go study these ideas and practice them at the restaurants and have the chefs try them. And I had a chef tell me one day she's, I stopped going to lunch break to practice. And she's like, we don't miss what he gives us to try because we know we're going to miss something. Right. (laughs) And I had a chef within six weeks of being there, come up to me and he's like, your palate is just phenomenal and your work ethic is amazing. We have to get you on all the other stations. So it kind of grew from there. I did a quick stage in Atlanta at Richard Blaze's restaurant, The Spence. Okay. And after doing that, I came back, went back to Nashville and I wanted to scale down the volume to focus on more interesting stuff. We did everything from scratch at Opryland, but it was such a high volume. I wanted to do more interesting, more intricate things. Uh, so I went to a smaller restaurant in town and started doing those things. And I actually ended up being, at the time, the only person to ever get something on the menu that wasn't the head chef. Wow. And the owner absolutely loved me. So he allowed these things to happen. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of a, a good feeling too. 
So within two years, I jumped up to chef de cuisine at a French restaurant. And then I just went scattered throughout different restaurants in the city. I was a sous chef at Chicago Pizza Restaurant, which they also did everything from like organic. They were really big on that. So then I just kind of moved around. And then eventually we moved here in 2017. Okay. So why, a lot why, of, why Northwest Arkansas? Uh, my wife's family is here. Okay. Makes sense. All right. So we came be a little bit closer to them. Couldn't find a chef job around town, so came across the Yacht Club and decided it'd be a, a good venture. I've never run businesses on my own, so sure. I just decided to just go <laughs> head first into an empty pool and run two businesses. Why um, not? So I did the Yacht Club and started the food truck. My focus in the past was usually fine dining. My inspirations are always some of the highest level kitchens in the world. I buy the huge art books of things. I go out out of my way to find the ridiculous ingredients to practice at home with. Right. I would do tasting menus of my own at home, like small tasting <laughs> menus. Uh, I did a pop-up in Nashville, and I think it ended up being for 250 people. Uh-huh. I had to make 30 pounds of Scandinavian fermented sausage by hand. Oh, wow. Um, which turned out to be a pretty good pop-up. So Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, Interesting. But my background is more on the casual fine dining, fine dining inspired and studies. And I'm self-taught basically just kitchen experience and teaching myself. So now here I am 42 and running a hot chicken food truck. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's funny because, um, so I'm curious to know, and we can move on after this question, but did you, growing up, did you spend time in the kitchen with like a, like a, a mom or, or a grandmother or somebody like that, that just had a passion for food or where did that come from? That was planted in me as a kid. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to know three great grandparents. Okay. One of them lived on a farm. One of them cooked all the time. Both sides of my family always cooked. My dad's side of the family had a working farm. One of my favorite memories of the farm is walking through the gardens with my grandmother and picking fresh dill off the plant and eating it right there. So dill, for obvious reasons, is yeah. one of my favorite herbs I like to use. And so that's kind of where it started. I mean, it, all the way to great grandparents. Um, right. And then we always cooked at home. My parents always cooked. My dad cooked. My mom cooked. I started out trying to cook when I was probably in first or second grade. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've got young roots you, yeah. in the system. <laughs> you got it honestly, but it's it's wild how sometimes in our lives um, we can, you know, we might take a hiatus from those things that maybe we're, we're meant to do, mm -hmm. right? And then they come up at different times or surface, if you will. And so for you, it surfaced at 30 mm -hmm. and now you're 42 and you've you've had 12 years of of experience and trial by fire and just kind of getting in and iterating and coming up with something. And, and now, you know, you, you came up with Nashville hot chicken. What, what was your inspiration for that? Because obviously Opryland is in Tennessee. And, and so I would imagine that you had a lot of experience doing hot chicken when you were in Tennessee. I actually didn't have a lot of experience cooking hot chicken in Tennessee. We ate a lot of hot chicken okay. <laughs> while well, we were knew, in Nashville. So you knew it tasted, what, tasted good. <laughs> yeah. So. And when we decided to move here, I was looking for jobs and just kind of poking around the food, uh, seeing to see what was available. And I was like, 
well, we don't have any hot chicken in Fayetteville. No. I mean, what are we going to do? Because, I mean, we were eating it probably on a weekly basis. Sure. And that was kind of one of the big things was, it's just not here. What are we going to do? <laughs> so here it is. You feel the need. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So, and, and you have, uh, so you do both sandwiches and tenders. You do these amazing kind of um, smashed red potatoes that you fry and that are, are just delightful. I mean, I am, I like you have, and you provide some different dipping sauces. You make everything from scratch. The ketchup was amazing. That was from scratch, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, actually one of my old recipes from the pizza place in Nashville. <laughs> right. Because most people don't expect to get, most people expect ketchup packets when they mm -hmm. go to a food truck, right? The garlic aioli that you had that was, you know, I mean, just imagine folks, these really like very perfectly spherical, if you will, red potatoes that are then smashed and quickly fried. And I don't know, I don't know the whole process, but- all I can say is that I ate every single one of those as quickly as I could. They were so good. They were great with the ketchup. They were great with the aioli. What, where did you get that inspiration for those with the red potatoes? That's actually from Nashville as well. Okay. Um, there's a Jonathan Waxman restaurant and he would do fingerlings. And so that's kind of what inspired me to do those because I haven't seen anyone doing potatoes this way here. Yeah. And- I loved it. I thought it was like a great way of doing them. Sure. So I kind of brought that here and that's what inspired me to do them. But I would, the potatoes I chose, I chose them for a purpose because they're the real creamy red potatoes. So okay. it's a extremely simple process. You just poach them. Right. But you got to slow poach them so okay. that you get a nice even cook all the way through. And then the way you smash them is you don't want to smash them so much. They fall apart. Right. But when they crack open and you fry them, it fries that starch. So you get a good char. Like I like a good dark char sure. on that starch and then this crispiness of the skin. But when you bite into it, it just kind of melts into your mouth because you're using those <laughs> creamy red potatoes. And you're making me hungry. I should have eaten before we did this <laughs> podcast. So no, and you're absolutely right. And and that was the thing that I noticed. And, and almost for almost to a potato, every one that you gently smashed down had like perfect texture around each corner. So imagine if you see like a, a circle being smashed down and then it has like three opening, four openings around the potato itself. It was, it's really good. Folks, just trust me when I say this, go get these smashed potatoes from Chef Russell. You will not be disappointed. So the thing, again, I want to get back to why I wanted to bring you on the podcast in the first place, which was the whole zero waste dining kind of locally sourced I get where where that kind of came from, given your upbringing and your experience growing up with uh, grandparents that had a working farm and all of that. Where, did the Opryland practice that type of sustainability within their organization? Or where did you say at some point you just said, you know what, if we're going to do something like this, or if we're going to open a restaurant, we're going to make it locally sourced and we're going to make it highly sustainable? I've always worked with good ingredients because of the levels that I worked at. So that plays a little bit into it. And over some places, trying to find the local stuff was important. But with myself, personally, with business, I didn't want to do business unless I did it right. Right. And I love nature. It's a big part of my life. It's I grew up in it. And I just strayed away from it for all those years that I was in the city. And now that we moved out here, where we're in the mountains, 
Fayetteville's huge on sustainability and the environment. I really loved that. And I thought it was a great opportunity for me to implement these business ideas. So I always knew that there were good local ingredients and they were fresher, longer shelf life, tasted better. So I just started growing on that and tried to utilize that as much as possible within the means of a food truck. That's why my menu is so small because I would rather do or at least try to do something small, perfect, instead of having this huge menu where it's just spread out all over the place Mm -hmm. and I can't focus on it. Like I would rather give you one perfect sandwich and one plate of perfect tenders than this huge spread. Yeah. And with sometimes the, less is more too. Yeah. That's kind of what I, <laughs> I agree with. <laughs> so. Um, so I wanted to expand on that and I didn't just want to utilize local ingredients. I wanted to reduce the blue, the green, like just reduce everything that comes out of restaurants. Cause there are a lot of restaurants that have waste. Right. Right. Just waste product that you can't use from ingredients or the packaging that you hand out to the customers. So I started researching before I opened and I started finding ways to get packaging that was compostable. Sure. And eventually, I think it was probably a couple of years into business, I started talking to the city more and trying to get a better recycling system for the tenants at the yacht club. So that's kind of where it started was getting a full recycling system. And then they came out with their composting and they offered me a couple of small bins. I was like, okay, this is cool. I can utilize this and customers can, they don't have to put anything except for a glass bottle or aluminum can into recycling and everything else can go into compost. And so we've built that over the years and Yacht Club became the first private business to be community drop-off waste for food waste. Yeah. And you can see that if you if you do come up to the Yacht Club, there's a little like fence there and then right behind it are a couple of uh, mm-hmm. our containers that, that you do that. And actually, I know there are several locations around the city now where you can drop off food waste because my wife actually drops off food waste now at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church is another drop-off mm-hmm. site now. So you don't have to travel down to South Fayetteville. You can there are little dotted places throughout the city where you can drop off your food waste. So we do a compost and we just take all that and, and once or twice a week we drop it off and Good Shepherd's right around the corner from our house. So. You can find all those locations on the city's website. Too. Right. Yeah. And we'll we'll put a link to that on the show notes for this. So so just to give everyone an idea of how serious Chef Russell was about supporting local and figuring out to, a way to create as little waste as possible through his food truck. And this this all came from a, an outstanding public relations PR letter that he sent out that I read, which was initially what precipitated this meeting here. So his packaging is done through Food Loops. The chicken comes from Cook's Venture, which is a local sustainable provider of chicken. The cheese comes from White River Creamery. The bread comes from Ozark Natural Breads. The grits are War Eagle. Go War Eagle grits. That's really good. The pork comes from Bansley Berkshire Ridge. That Those are some folks that we're trying to get on this podcast. And we've talked back and forth with them for a couple of years now. We, we are going to get them on the podcast. And the eggs come from the Happy Egg Company. So part of 
Chef Russell's program is to try to support as many local producers as possible. And I got to say, I don't know that there are that many food trucks out there that are able to do what you're doing. I mean, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal. No, no, I'm I'm uh, not. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm just saying I think you are kind of laying a foundation Mm -hmm. about what could be when it comes to locally provided food, especially good food fast, as we like to say, right? Or, mm. or I think your food cat um, is perfectly, I would call it comfort food, mm. food that you could have a couple of times a week. Or, you know, if you just have that taste for a really well done piece of chicken that has flavor to it, that might be hot. This is, you know, this is the, your truck is the place to come for that. So. Yeah. Um, I think I really want to be an example, just to show like how much good stuff is here. Right. I mean, I do go to the grocery store to get things, like a couple of things here and there. But overall, I just, I really want to show like how much amazing stuff is within driving distance from the city. Right. All of my major ingredients and things that I get, they're like two hours away, tops. Right. So it's amazing just to bring all that together into one centralized location and with the packaging if a business my size can do it i think pretty much any restaurant can do it i know like a lot of sit-down restaurants they have plates and trays and stuff like that so that helps divert and i plan on moving in that direction when i get into a bigger location just to reduce it even further but like to go packaging it's all i do right now and so i want to show that businesses my size can do it. Like, yes, those products are more expensive, Yeah, but I think it's worth it to invest into that. And I mean, our world is kind of dying. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we're killing yeah. it. So why not Slowly. try to yeah offset some of that? Yeah. yeah. And w- one day I went out with uh, one of my helpers at the truck and we we're putting the trash and recycling. And I turned around and looked at it. And I was like, this is actually kind of a good site because 75% or more of what we had at the road was recycling. Wow. Like we get one trash bin for the truck and we fill it about halfway every week. Okay. That's our landfill waste. Everything else is either recycled or sent back to the city to be turned into compost, which gets put around the city. Right. To help grow more trees and flowers. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because like I, I've been, I've been involved with the roots festival and the Roots Foundation. And, you know, for those Brian and Jeremy and and those folks over there, they have really been adamant that they wanted to make sure that they created as little waste as possible with their event. And if you ever go to a Roots event, you'll see that they have food loop stations all throughout. They recycle most of the stuff that comes through there and they really do a good job of that. And every year, they keep getting better and better in terms of the amount of waste that's created at the event. So the less waste, that's a good thing. Same thing at the co-op. Uh, Mike Anzalone, shout out to Mike, who's the general manager over there and the rest of his team. They have really gone to great lengths to create as small of a footprint as possible when it comes to waste. And so that's why, you know, if you see those red containers, that's for compostable material there that come through there. And Food Loops has worked with ONF to to make sure that they're doing that. And so I always tell people, you know, be mindful of how and where you spend your money 
especially if the environment is important to you, because there are organizations, there are businesses, there are restaurants that this is one of their foremost focuses. And I like to support and I like to spend my money where I know people really care about the environment. And I know some people are like, ah, whatever, I don't really care. I mean, give me styrofoam, it doesn't matter. But I mean, it's just important to know. And I think when you sent out this press release that you sent, it just really reminded me that there are a lot of people out there like you, Chef Russell, and others that are trying to do the right thing. And it's not always easy, but I think we need to share those stories as often as we can, because as people hear that, then they recognize and say, you know what? If for no other reason, I like their chicken, but I really like them because they care about the environment, you know, and I, and I don't know if that was your in, initial intention, but I, th- <laughs> I think it is going to have a really great effect in terms of people's awareness and their attitudes towards what you're doing. And then on top of all that, the food is really good. So it's like, it's like a win-win, right? It's like good food, good for the environment. It was a really important thing for me personally. Yeah. When I started doing this and set that goal, I really wasn't reaching out to like be some sort of hero or anything like that. Like I I really, like I said, when I wanted to do business, I wanted to do it right. And I wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it, to be proud of it and to not only serve a good, high quality product, but also make an impact somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 hey, I get it. I get it. So, I mean, with all this being said, and we've kind of, kind of kind of given people kind of a quick, a quick and dirty outline of who Dots Nashville Hot Chicken is, what's next for you guys? Right now, I'm, I'm wanting to grow and expand what I can do with the zero waste and reducing landfill and just getting my product out to more people. Just have a space where you can come out to hang out with, grab a beer on the patio with your hot chicken. I really want to expand to the next step and create a good welcoming community space where you just feel comfortable and want to hang out, have quality food. And I've got a list of other concepts in my brain that right, I would like right. to get. It's going to take it slowly, but as well, I mean, you're right? a young guy, 42. I mean, the, the, I mean, the world is your oyster. You're you're not even at halftime yet. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that you can do. Now, have you ever been involved with Bite NWA at all, or no, I haven't. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to make sure I introduce you to those guys because you should definitely be. I could see you being one of the the offerings through their program, and they do. A multiple of events. They just had their biggest event, which was at the Northwest Arkansas Championship, which is the LPGA Championship that takes place at Pinnacle. And we went up there and had an amazing time. And those guys really know, they know how to throw a party, but the food was insane. I was actually invited to go do that, but I had to hold off on it. Okay. Just that's the, cool. It didn't work out logistically. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> well, let's, let's just hope that we see dots. Nashville Hot Chicken up at uh, at Bite NWA at one of their events in the future because I'm telling you your chicken could hang with just about anything that that I tasted up there so that's uh, neither here nor there so we'll see we'll see how that works out so so there is a future sounds like it might even be some type of restaurant if you will do you feel like I mean what what are your thoughts now that you've had a chance to do a food truck for a couple of years if somebody listening to this is a budding food entrepreneur and they're thinking about opening up a food truck, what would your advice be to them? Uh, I don't know. Not that you're an expert, <laughs> but I mean, you've, you've had it, you've cut your teeth on it, you've made some mistakes, but what would one 
one piece of advice be that maybe something you weren't aware of when you started, but now it's like, okay. I would say work within your means. Be cautious. Right. Is a significantly lower cost than doing a restaurant, but it has a great deal of challenges that come along with it. So I would say do your research, be cautious, make sure you have a reserve built up to, to function and really just working within the means of what you're trying to do. Like my means is really small menu, higher quality. If you that's not your goal, then do what you want. But if you don't work within your means, I think you're going to kind of break down the walls and it's going to fall gonna apart make, a little bit. Yeah. Be a little more difficult. Well, I mean, would you even think that it would be as easy, not easy, but it's there are more opportunities for people to start food businesses now than there were, say, 10, 15 years ago with these ghost kitchens that you can start up? I mean, heck, I mean, we're here at the Fayetteville Public Library. You can rent out the kitchen space here and cook something mm-hmm. and then sell it. So, I mean, there's all kinds of options that you probably didn't have five, 10 years ago. And so there's a lot of, there are opportunities for food, potential food entrepreneurs to kind of slowly build themselves up, right? Not just go off and go rent out 1,500 to 2,000 square feet of restaurant space because you want to open up a restaurant. That's always been your dream. You can start out solely with to go through a ghost kitchen, Mm -hmm. work your way up to a food truck, and then eventually do something like what you're trying to do, which is open a restaurant at some point in time. Yeah. So, I mean, is that logical, you think? Yeah, definitely. Even with my concept, I'm starting out with the food truck just to give it a test run. And for me personally, it's not where I want it to be. But I mean, I've never done a food truck before. So yeah, I had my own challenges. I had a couple of little helpers here and there over the years. But for the most part, I've done this entire thing by myself. Right, um, right. It wasn't until this year that I actually have built up to two employees, okay. uh, which are doing awesome. So that's, that's great. really helping me step away to focus on the expansion of things. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more opportunities. I would definitely say start out small, but if you have the opportunity and the means to do, just dive into your dream, then by all means, right. <laughs> go just for go it. for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if anybody wants to, what are your hours right currently right now? And of course, these will change and we'll make sure. What, what's the website address first? The website is .snashvillehotchicken.com. Okay. We're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 5 normally. Uh, there's a couple sometimes may change that slightly, but I try to keep it updated on the website or on Facebook and sure. uh, Instagram. Okay. So following you on Instagram, following you on Facebook, you'll be able to kind of stay abreast of when you're open, when you're closed. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I do. I mean, that's, that's when I find out when like Chow's is open or closed in other places. So certainly would encourage folks to follow dots Nashville hot chicken. We'll put all of their social media contacts on the show notes for this particular episode. Chef Russell, if somebody listening to this is really impacted by what you share, do you have an email or anything you, you could share with, with the audience in case? Somebody wants to reach out to you and either talk to you about a business opportunity or just talk to you in general. Uh, yeah, you can send an email to dotshotchicken at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Dotshotchicken at gmail.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, man, this has been great. I appreciate you sharing your story. If for no other reason, for those of you listening to this podcast, just go try out Dots Nashville Hot Chicken. You'll thank me later, but more importantly, know that when you do that and you support this local business, 
that you are supporting a business that cares about the environment as much, if not more, than they care about the great food that they're serving on a regular basis. So I'd love for you to really support Chef Russell Ingram and what he's doing at Dots Nashville Hot Chicken. And Chef, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You didn't know me from Adam, but you took a risk and you came out here. So I really appreciate that, man. And, and I look forward to our growing friendship. And certainly I'll be telling people to check out that little black food truck over there by the Yacht Club or wherever it is so that uh, that people know where they can find really good Nashville hot chicken. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'd also like to ask you, if you'd like to give us a rating or review, please give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You can also reach out to me. My email address is hello at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. I'd look forward to connecting with you in the future. And if there's anything that we can do with our platform to share it with you, please let us know. I'm Randy Wilburn, the host of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. And you learned all about Dot's Nashville Hot Chicken today. We hope you enjoyed our episode and we will see you soon. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.